Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. I preached on stretching out in faith last week because I read through the story of Jesus and the disciples feeding the 5,000 men plus women and children. In the middle of that passage in John chapter 6, verse 6, it says, Now Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but he said this to stretch Peter's faith. When your faith is stretched, do you feel like you're stretched sometimes? I've learned with God he will stretch you, but he doesn't break you. We think we're going to break. We think, I can't take any more. And God says, yes, you can. Because when you're stretched, he's increasing your capacity. Just like a balloon when it's blowing up, it stretches its capacity. You pump up a tire and it gets bigger and it increases its capacity. So God takes us on journeys where he stretches our capacity. Jensen Franklin wrote, when God is going to do something powerful in your life, it will require you to stretch beyond your comfort zone. But that's where God is. He is in the stretch. So when you're reaching out and stretching, that's where God's going to meet you. He doesn't stay just in your comfort zone. And we all want to be comfortable. I hate being stretched, but I've learned that God does it because he wants us to grow our capacity. He wants to grow our trust deeper. He wants us to have stories and experience that we can share with others. Hey, God's real no matter what you're going through. And God will take us on this stretch because he loves us. Stretching means trusting God in uncomfortable moments. Don't pull back or give up. Because when the pressure's on, that's the time to stretch out, not to pull back. And I've, I was thinking this week about some of the times where God stretched my faith and Mary Lynn's faith. And uh, I want to share a couple of stories today because I've realized that God stretched our faith so many times. When you're in the middle of the stretch, it's, God, help. We're just hanging on. How's this going to turn out? And you're wrestling, like Peter said, with fear and faith and you're going from one to the other. And one of the biggest stretches of our faith when we are newly married was our first son, Stephen, when he was born. He's always been a character. He came a month early because he always he's, he just always running ahead of life. But sadly, he was born and he had an infection on his lung and he was quite ill. And on the third day, his lungs weren't developed properly and they weren't working and he blew a hole in his lung. And so there's this, the air's escaping in his chest. The pediatrician had to do an emergency operation, cut a hole in his chest to let the air escape. Otherwise, it would have crushed his heart and he would have died. And that was in the Nambour Hospital. They rushed him to Brisbane, intensive care at the Mater Hospital. And we were praying. I mean, our first son, all excited about having our first son. And boy, was our faith being stretched. Because every moment, we didn't know if he was going to live or die. But in our hearts, we said, God, we're going to believe you. The church was a church similar to this, and they all prayed and sought God. We went to Brisbane, and churches in Brisbane started praying. I stayed with a, a pastor and his wife that were friends of our pastors, and back and forth to the hospital, and Mary Lynn's there sitting beside Stephen in the humidity crib with all these tubes and leads, and it, I, could, I could only spend 10 minutes there. I was too distressed. I'd pray, and I'd walk out, because I'm not good at the sight of blood and needles and everything, so I'd be fainting. I'd be on the floor most of the time. So I'd go in 10 minutes, and I'd come out and pray, but she sat there. We weren't able to nurse him. He was in 85% oxygen just to keep him alive. And on the fifth day, about 8.30 at night, I'd been there off and on all day and I'd just left and was heading home on the train back to the friends in Brisbane. Next minute, he just let out a slid off 
the nurse and doctors come running and, and, and Marilyn says, what's happening? So I don't know, we're just going to go and find out. So they took him aside. They checked him all out. They did another x-ray and God had supernaturally healed him. The hole in the lung was gone. All the compressed air was gone. So we had the before and after x-rays and he was totally, instantly healed. Never, ever had a problem with his lungs again. Had a few broken bones from his escapades and sore ears and other things that he didn't like, but never, ever had a problem with his lungs because God did it thoroughly. And well, and the next morning, the doctors and nurses came in. They said, Mrs. Davey, we, we're trying to work out what's happened, but this is a miracle. We cannot explain this. There's no medical explanation. This is a miracle. And so God does amazing things, but I know the first five days, the stretch of our faith. And when you're in it and you don't know how long it's going to go, because that's what the stretch means, you don't know how long that journey's going to go, whether it's a, a half an hour, a day, five days, or several years. You don't know the stretches of faith that come. That's where you've got to trust God. And we had to just believe. And God in his grace healed him. And amazingly, a few years ago, he was playing some football and he got damaged in his shoulder. He went to the hospital and the... Uh, the radiographer, he went to the church down there and he says, hold on, I was checking your records and we've got a photo of you when you were a baby. They still had on file the copy and we'd never got the copy. We'd forgot to get the copy. So a few years ago, we actually got the photo of the x-ray with all the thing and God just organized that as well. So now we've got all the record to show the before and after like that. God is good. Sometimes he will do the miracle. Sometimes he'll take us on a journey where we just keep trusting him. Sometimes it doesn't work out the way we hope. But let me tell you, you've grown and changed through the journey because you get closer to him and you trust him. And there are times in our lives where you just got to trust him. I remember another story, and I'll share a few more scriptures in a moment. But when I worked in the bank, I used to work in the bank for eight years before I went into uh, full-time ministry. And I was only at the branch at Maroochydore for about, I'd never been to Mundubra, had nothing against Mundubra. It was a promotion to become an assistant manager at 19 years old in a bank. So uh, they trusted me. But as soon as I got the notice, something inside of me says, you're not meant to go. I'm thinking, Lord, what's this mean? Because I was already helping in a youth group. I was an assistant youth leader. We had a, a, a pumping youth group like this here. And I just felt my heart transfer. But when you, back then, if you signed up in the bank and you rejected transfer, you had to resign. So my job was on the line. I think, Lord, this is a really big test. I had no other work and I wanted to provide. And I thought, Lord, what do I do? I prayed and fasted all weekend. Talked to my youth pastor and others and I just prayed and fasted and God gave me one verse. You ever prayed and God doesn't give you a direct answer, but he just reassures you he's walk, walking with you. It'd be great if he said yes or no. Sometimes it's been that clear. He gave me the verse in Psalm 37, 23 and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. And I had this assurance, but I still had to go back on Monday and decide what to do. I felt in my heart to say no to the transfer and that meant maybe having to resign. I went to the manager, talked with him. He was a compassionate guy and he helped write a letter to the head office explaining my heart that I was just wanted to help in the community with his youth group and I was helping do all sorts of stuff, would they consider withdrawing the resignation, which was very rare. Three days later, I got a word transfer and I could stay. 
And then everyone in the branch said, who do you know in head office? I said, well, I do have someone in head office. And for years, that story went around the bank on the Sunshine Coast and other places about how God intervened. The miracle of the story is within six months, they offered me a better position at Karoi, where I could stay on the Sunshine Coast in the youth group. And by then, Marilyn and I were going out and the whole journey happened. But God didn't cause me to lose. I actually got success because I put him first. It was just a test where I was hugely stretched as a 19-year-old saying, God, and I wasn't being foolish about it. I was being sensible. I was reasonable. But it was a test of faith where I was going to go after position and finance or after the kingdom of God. And all of us will have tests in our life where are you going to go for security of finance and position? And that's not wrong if that's what God's called you to do. But that was my step of faith. And God did something in my soul and you le- I learned to trust him more. struggled with that when a change has come in a ministry role or position because I passed the test then. wasn't easy, but when I passed the test, I was stretched. So I've never struggled significantly on any change in my role or ministry or work ever since. Because God takes you, he stretches you. And I want to encourage you today that God will take us through steps and tests because he loves us. Matthew 14, 31, Peter stretched out and he walked on water. He started to sink when he looked at the waves, but Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? Wow, he was prepared to step out. The other guys are still sitting in the boat, probably laughing at him. He said, Pete, what are you doing? Jesus is walking on the water. Pete says, if that's you, Jesus, call me to come. Jesus says, well, come. It was Peter's idea, not Jesus' idea. Sometimes God will let us make some choices and he'll be there to back us up if we're stepping out in faith because that's how much he loves us. Psalm 103 verse 17 says, But Lord, your endless love stretches from one eternity to the other, unbroken and unrelenting towards those who fear you and those who bow face down in awe before you. Your faithfulness from parents to children to grandchildren and beyond. Hallelujah. What you do affects the generations. Let me tell you, some of us are in this house today because we've had a parent or a grandparent or someone who stepped out and trusted God and that's why you're in the house of God today. Someone prayed for you. Someone kept on believing. And what we do now affects our generations. I want to encourage you, the steps of faith that we succeed in or fail in affect a whole lot of people. That's why we need to be aware and walk carefully, not walking backwards, taking steps of faith, trusting in God. And he's stretching you because your choices affect so many people. They really, really do. And I want you to keep walking, stepping out by faith. If you failed, God says, I'll lift you up and I'll come and restore you with my righteous right hand. We've all made mistakes, but God's there to help us. And I shared last week on how do you stretch? Your, number one, you learn to listen and know the voice of the Lord. And where the Lord spoke to Moses and said, stretch out your hand and the waters parted and the people escaped Egypt through the Red Sea. He had to stretch out his hand and believe that that rod that he held up, which spoke of God's authority, as he stretched out with that, it parted the Red Sea. And the whole nation was saved because one man was willing to stretch out according to the word of the Lord. He knew what God was saying. Secondly, you need to keep saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And we read the story in Luke 6 of the man with the the shriveled hand. And Jesus said, stand up, come out the front. And it says, stretch out your hand. And as he did, it was totally healed. 
The guy could have hid in embarrassment in the back row of church. Jesus called him out in front of a difficult audience because they were trying to trap Jesus about doing work on the Sabbath day and it was a very tense atmosphere. It wasn't a faith-filled service like this. There was a lot of stuff and Jesus glared at them and he's called the guy out and he says, stretch out your hand. This guy said, well, I'm out here now. I've got nothing to lose. I'm probably going to be beaten out and never allowed back in the temple anyway, regardless of what happens, so I'm just going to go for it. Sometimes God will get you to a point of desperation where you think, well, I'm just going to go for it because there's no other option anyway. It's too, too late to step back. I might as well keep going forward. I reckon that's where he was. God will bring you to places where you've got no option but to keep stretching out and keep going forward. And his whole hand was healed and his life was transformed and his generations after him. So say yes to the Holy Spirit. Be willing to stretch beyond your comfort zone. Don't hold back. When you're being stretched, you think you're going to break. But Jesus doesn't cause us to break, but he wants us to grow. The only things that will break are the fears and the flesh and the negative things that are holding you back. It's like the three uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament. They were called to bow down and worship the king as a, as a idol or a lord. And he says, no way. They got thrown into the fiery furnace. And next minute, the king, King Neb looks in and says, hold on, how many did we throw in there? They said, three. How come there's a fourth man standing in there? He looks like the son of God. Let me tell you, when you stretch out, Jesus will come and walk with you through the fire. He'll come and he'll be the other man that'll join you. And what was burnt off them? It says they, there was no hair singed. That's a miracle. Mate, I've done a few barbecues and singed my hairs and turned the gas on. You don't get the light there quick enough. And I remember one time we didn't set the, uh, the hose on properly and we lit it up and there's flames shooting out the side. Our kids thought it was the greatest camping trip ever. I'm trying not to get killed and not to burn the tent down, but they thought, whoa, making memories, Dad. I said, yeah, that's right. When you walk a steps of faith, sometimes you'll make memories that will help touch other people's lives. And there'll be some fun and danger in the process. But hey, life's only worth living once, hey, so let's make it worthwhile. Don't step back and live in comfort zone all your life. Let's keep stretching out. Let's keep stretching out. So they didn't get their hair singed. Their clothes didn't even smell of smoke. That's unbelievable. Do you know the only thing that burnt off them was the ropes they were tied up with? What a picture that is. When you stretch out and trust God, the only things that will break off of you will be the things that have held you back. But your spirit will get stronger. Your faith will grow. Your trust in Jesus will enlarge. And he can then use you more and more because you've got greater capacity to carry his presence, his love, and you'll have some stories to tell. You'll have some good stories to tell, but you've got to go through the challenge and stretch. Otherwise, you won't have the stories to tell. And the story is in 2 Kings 4 where the prophet He'd promised belief for a son, for this lady had helped him. He died at 12. It says he came and stretched out on him. He stretched out on him twice and prayed, and then he was raised up from the dead. Sometimes when you stretch out and face some dead things, are going to come back to life. Some dead promises are going to come back to life. Your household salvation will come back to life. Those things you've believed for will come back to life, but you've got to keep stretching out in faith. And it says he put his hand and his face and his lips on his body and it got warm and he was praying and the Spirit of God came and brought it back to life. If you don't stretch out in faith, some of your promises will not come to life because faith has to be mixed with the promise to see the possession come for your life. 
A lot of us live with promises, but we don't walk into possession because we're not. We're too scared to stretch out in faith. God has not given us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. And if you want to stretch out in faith, it's much more fun when you're doing it with others. It's hard work just being the only one. That's why if you're married, if you've got good friends, prayer partners, teams, that's why we do it together. That's a Trev brought the team up together. They all stretched yesterday and they connected with five or 600 young people during the day. And when you do it together, it is powerful. And I love the story in Exodus 17. Verse 8, it says, Amalek came and fought at Israel, Israel at Rephidim. Moses ordered Joshua, select some men for us to go out and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I'll take my stand on top of the hill holding God's staff. Joshua did what Moses ordered in order to fight Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill, eased his hands, Israel was winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek was winning. But Moses' hands got tied, so they got a stone and put it under him. He sat on it and Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on each side. So his hands remained steady until the sun went down. Joshua defeated Amalek and its army in battle. So when Moses' hands were stretched out. They won the battle. When they pulled back out of tiredness, the soldiers were getting defeated. When we reached out our hands in faith, and then when he got tired, the two guys came and helped him. Aaron and Hur helped keep his hands stretched out. That's the power of supporting pastors and leaders. That's the power of a family working together. That's the power of understanding authority. That's the power of praying and believing and declaring in the name of Jesus. The power of intercession can push back darkness, can cause the open heaven so people can walk through in victory. We need to have authority in what we pray and in what we walk and believe because God puts people in leadership for his purpose and he wants us to go forward. He's put you where you are in the community so you can be an influence for good and not for evil God's called us but you've got to keep stretching up and stretching out doing it together is so much fun and Marilyn and I we've learned a whole lot by doing life together whenever we're on different pages life's frustrating anyone can determine that a team that's not playing the right direction you've got a soccer team and half the guys are kicking one direction and half the other that's a disaster that happens in under six soccer you know they forget which way the goals are and it's just just it's funny, but it's chaos. <laughs> I've seen some adults living life like that. They're not sure which way they're turning, not which way they're supposed to be going. Let's keep moving forward. And if the enemy will try and bring division in your marriage, your household, your team, because he wants to pull back, pull back and bring destruction. But when you walk together, anything's possible when you partner with Jesus. And that's what we see that happened there by the power of the name of Jesus. And you need to, I spoke last Sunday night about confidence. Acts 4.30, they'd been persecuted, they'd been thrown in prison. Then it says, stretch out your hands, this is their prayer. They didn't pray for protection, they didn't pray, Lord, just help keep us safe. They said, stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the power of your Holy Son, Jesus. What a prayer when they could have been pulling back and hiding, saying, this is too scary. They said, just do it because if your power is really demonstrated, opposition will melt away because they know they can't stand against the power of our almighty God. And we've got to step up. When your faith has been stretched, you can never go back to where you were before. When you've encountered a miracle in your life, let me tell you, you'll never doubt that God can do that healing again. That, that Stephen's healing gave me great courage to keep praying and believing for healing, for breakthroughs. 
We've prayed for people that have been tormented by nightmares. And we've seen next day, they say, how oh, I didn't have one last night. And then they go a week, so we haven't had one. So that gives me courage to pray for people. I know Jesus can set people free from nightmares and the cause of them. Because our God is greater. Whenever you've had a breakthrough in trusting God for finance for your business, let me tell you, you'll keep going. And God will take you at your word and he'll take you to a bigger stretch and a bigger stretch. But if you keep walking, your influence grows and his kingdom is honored and blessed because you kept on going forward, not pulled back and not shrunk back. Bible says we are people of faith. We're not of those who shrink back. In your ministry, God's called some of you to areas of ministry and service, but you're hiding because you've had one or two setbacks and think, oh, this is going to cost me too much emotionally. God says, hey, keep, Marilyn and I, we've just determined over years, we stop, we just keep stepping up. We just keep reaching out. We keep stretching out. We have our doubts, but God's there to help us. Jesus stretched out his hands on the cross to demonstrate the depth and breadth of his love for people. Stretch out your hands and hearts to people who need help and hope. Stretch out your faith and trust in Jesus and you will grow. When you stop growing, you start dying on the inside. Oh, it's so sad when you meet people that have started to give up and die on the inside. They lose hope. They get discouraged. They get depressed. Oh, God, help us not to give up. There's been many stretches in our, my life and our heart. I remember the first time I got up to preach, I was terrified. I was 19. The pastor said, come and preach a Sunday night in a church of about 100 people. I was terrified. I don't know what I said. I still got the notes. It was seek first the kingdom of God. That's all I remember. Can't remember anything else that I said. But God was there to help us. I remember the first time I prayed in public. I was a teenager. We are in this youth group and someone had the bright idea we're going to pray around the circle. And I was really terrified. I'm thinking, oh no. Oh no. I hope someone prays a long prayer and we don't get to everyone because I'm sitting over here just shaking. I was terrified. I prayed my first prayer in a youth group I was like, why do we have a circle you know, we could have done something different and my mind's going crazy but I, I faced my fear first time I went on a missions trip I'm over there in Vietnam smuggling Bibles with a bunch of other guys I'm thinking what am I doing here what am I doing here we got through the first time second time we went three years later they'd put scan machines at the airport we didn't know and so they were picking up most of our team with the bibles wrapped up as christmas presents in the bottom of their bags and we couldn't we had to pretend we didn't know anyone else on our team because then you give everyone away so you'd see someone going off the side thinking, oh, i hope i see him again jesus just watch over because you don't know if they're going to be arrested put in prison or kicked out of the country and then they find the guy sees some package in the bottom of my bag so he calls me over and can't speak English, but his motion open. So he's going one by one, pulling out my shirts, my trousers. I'm standing there having to look calm and not look like I'm terrified. I'm praying quietly in tongues, looking at the guy, just trying to be a tourist, relaxed. That's when your faith stretched, let me tell you. He got to the last shirt that he would have lifted up and exposed the Bibles in my bag. He looked at me, looked down, looked up at me and smiled. I smiled back. I'm not sure what sort of a smile was. It wasn't on camera, but... And then he's motioning me from, to close my bag up. An angel or someone helped. The shirt before the Bibles were exposed, he decided not to search anymore. God's taken me to some places where my faith has been stretched hugely. 
many times. God's taken me to places all over the world where my faith's been stretched. And when I worked in the bank, people said, you're one of those crazy Christians, aren't you? And I said, well, I don't know about the crazy, but I am a Christian. I had to say, yes, I am. Because if you don't stand up and declare Jesus as your Lord, it makes life really difficult afterwards. And I was, I was afraid of people, but God's stretcher says, just be real and be authentic. Remember the first time I was sharing with a customer, I was 19, I think, or might have been 18. This guy, he worked for a business, he bought the banking in, and back then we'd counted all over the counter. He started asking me questions about who I was and what I did, and, and he was just really nosy. What do you do on weekends? I said, oh, I go to church. Really? What sort of church? So over the weeks, the conversation just kept on going deeper. He'd come and he'd say, how was church on the weekend? I said, it was great. I said, do you go to church? Oh, I haven't been for a long time. I sort of had a Catholic background. But he kept getting drawn. And one day he says, would you come around and have dinner with our family? I'm 19. He's got three kids. I said, yeah, I'll do that. Went around and... Mate, we didn't eat for hours because they just pumping me for questions about what's this God stuff about and Jesus. I think we ate about 10 o'clock at night. The food was all cold. But before that night was out, I led the whole family to Jesus. I didn't know what to do. I'd never done that in my life. I didn't know what to do. I'm thinking, oh, I wish the pastor was here. He'd know what to do. Where's the youth leader when you need one, you know? Where's my mum? She'd, she'd know what to do. I led them all to Jesus. They started coming to our church and came for many years. The whole family was transformed. But I was saying, God, you better help me because I don't know what to do here. I was stretched. But I'd prayed the prayer, just use me, Lord. If you pray that prayer often enough, he will use you. I remember praying for this little boy when I was a youth leader and he was going blind in one eye. I just prayed the prayer, said, Lord, just heal him up. They were visiting, so I didn't see them for 10 years later. 10 years later, they showed up at the church. They said, remember us? And I looked at them and said, oh, I think I've met you before, but tell me the story. They said, our 10-year-old boy, you prayed for him one night when we were visiting this church. The next morning, he woke up totally able to see, and his blindness that had started to deteriorate was totally gone, and here he is. I met this big young guy. I thought, Lord, it would have been good in the next week to have told me that, but he waited 10 years. So as you don't hear for a long time, the fruit of your stretching of faith. I want to encourage you, just keep stretching out. Don't settle where you are. We've got dozens of stories where a few times we stretched out and it didn't work out the way we thought. But we didn't give up. And eventually God would show us what he was doing. Because sometimes he delays so you get desperate and you press in. Not because he's mean, but he's a father who knows that if you get it all too quick, you're not going to value it or appreciate it. There's some people you've been praying for deliverance from strongholds and addictions and smoking and, and pornography and, and unforgiveness. One more story because I just need to share this one. I was a youth pastor years ago in a church and it was a big church. But one day the senior pastor, he just took a set against me and he called me in his office and he just tore me to shreds. He said, you didn't visit that person I asked you to and he had his facts wrong, but he's the leader and I'm trying to just be respectful. So I don't think you're going to make it in ministry and just tore my heart out. He was totally wrong, but at that time my faith was totally stretched. I thought, Lord, I need to forgive him. 
because I know you've called me. And it was a huge test. And I remember I got up, I was crying. I went and gave him a big hug and sent something encouraging to him and then walked out of the office. But it was a test of my heart about the call of God in my life and I was stretched to the max. But God gave me grace within days to totally forgive him. And many years later, he publicly vindicated me and said I was wrong about you, which was a really big step. This guy never apologized to anyone that I knew of. And it was a step of forgiveness is a real stretch of your faith because you can justify everything that why you're hurt and why you're being annoyed and upset. We've been tested many times on the forgiveness test. But boy, when you come through, your heart gets bigger. You have more grace for people. You realize many people are just walking out of brokenness and pain and agendas and fear. Not many people go out of their way to deliberately hurt others. They're walking out of brokenness in their own souls. I want to encourage you in your journey. It's worth the stretching of faith. As Marilyn shared today, don't give up. Don't give up. Some people here today, you've had so many setbacks in your life. You think, God, I think I'm broken or I'm on the last strand. I'm on the last strand. Well, one strand with Jesus holding the other end, you're still free. You're still fine. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Well, leaving's one thing. Forsaking and turning away from you and banishing you, that's worse. But he says, I won't do either. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.